Well, we are in our week two of this short three-week series called Love of Another Kind. We actually started on Valentine's Day. That's, that's a great day to start a series on love. And our discipleship pastor, Jim Houston, uh, actually uh, preached that first message last week and uh, did a great job. It was all about how we uh, should love like God loves. And our relationship with others should mirror our relationship with God. And our, our love for others is really just an overflow of how much we have received uh, love from God. So as God shows you love in many different ways in your life, how we show others is, is an overflow of that. And so if you're like, man, I just, I just want to show my love to other people. Well, the, the way to show godly love is to receive Godly love, but you've got to be in that position to where you receive uh, godly love. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. When is the last time you have just been surrounded and overwhelmed with the love of God? Or when, when, is, when is the last time that maybe things just weren't working out right and things just weren't going well, but yet God stepped in? God stepped in at the right time and just showed you, hey, I got you. I got your back. You don't need to worry. That is a way God shows his love to us. And in what ways has God shown his love to you? There's many different ways that God can show that he's with you, he's beside you. We just gotta cry out to him, we gotta call out to him. Well, I, I got to experience something uh, this week as it relates to, uh, relates to Lake Point Church and and uh, also as a pastor of this church. And there's many different uh, moments in our life, in my life, where God has proven his love to me. God has shown it, like on a big, giant billboard. Hey, Frank, I'm with you. I love you. You're not gonna do, you're not gonna do this alone. So obviously, as you got, most of you know, our church offices reside in Cartersville. But right now, live, we are here in Emerson, Georgia. I know, I know Emerson is just a few miles south of Cartersville. We're still in Bartow County. But our bullseye of our target is right here in Emerson. We are in, in a middle school, Red Top Middle School, and right next door to Emerson Elementary, we've got great partnerships with people on Emerson, Lake Point Station, and obviously uh, the, the teachers and administrators here in Bartow County, and, um, and obviously here at Red Top. And so this is our bullseye. This is where we start from. And so it has always been our desire to be in Emerson and to have a presence here. Now, we do have a presence here on Sundays and Wednesday evenings, but we, wanna, we want more of a presence here in our community. And so we have been praying for God to show us. Now, as you all know, we, we do have land. We purchased land a couple of years ago, 20 acres here in Emerson, and uh, we believe that God's gonna do a great work there, and there's a lot of cool things that are happening uh, in regard to that. And so we have a place to put um, you know, a presence, an office complex, and, and then obviously later a building and a park and, and so on and so forth that as God uh, so directs. And we're just waiting on God's timing. We're just waiting for God to show us. And if you're really watching, God will show you in your life as well. If you watch for the pieces uh, of, of, the, uh, of the chess game in your life to be moving and you can kind of see, all right, God is moving in this direction. So we've been praying for quite some time, Lord, we really wanna be in Emerson. But we, we can't afford to build an office building right now. I mean, it, it takes, takes a lot of money. And, uh, and we're still you know, uh, paying for the land, and, and so we, we, we just gotta wait on the Lord. Well, so something happened this week, uh, and, uh, and, and it's really kind of uh, pushed us to the point to where, all right, I think God is moving us to Emerson. And I can show you more about that later, but the, the, the main gist of it is, God's like, all right, I want you to go to Emerson. And so on, on Tuesday and Wednesday, your pastor was, was on his knees. I mean, I was, I was praying, I was seeking the Lord. All right, all right Lord, what are we gonna do? <laughs> what are we gonna do? You know, you, you, uh, because of uh, some things that are, that are going on in, in, the, in the life of our church and our connections with people, you are, you are moving us to Emerson. Lord, we, we can't build a building 
There, there's no other places that, that, we can, that we could do. I mean, we're, what do we do? And so Wednesday night, we get a phone call from North Cobb Christian School. North Cobb Christian School, obviously down there in Ackworth and Kennesaw area, they called and said, hey, we have this modular office building that we've been using as part of our offices in a couple of classrooms, and it's a little over 3,000 square feet, and um, we want to give it to you. <laughs> we want to give it to you because we don't need it anymore, and so we want to get it off our property because we built a, 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 another building, and so we'd like to give it to you. Wednesday, that happened Wednesday. And so I was just overwhelmed by the love and the faithfulness of God. So me and one of our church elders went to go see it on Thursday. And it's huge. And it's gonna do exactly what we need it to do. It's an office building. <laughs> and it's going to be, I mean, it has restrooms. It, it's gonna give us an opportunity to, I mean, obviously we'll hook up water and electricity. We're gonna be able to uh, use this facility not only for ministry, but also have a place where we can show people the vision of what we're trying to do there on the property and obviously to have church events. Now, this won't be a place where we're gonna have our worship services there, but let me tell you, it's big enough to where our students can use it, uh, ladies' Bible study, men's Bible studies, I want all kinds of opportunities that we can do. And so it's like, and, and let me tell you something, North Cobb Christian School had no idea we needed an office complex. They didn't but God did. And so it was just an, a miraculous sort of turning of events of God saying, okay, I'm gonna move this, this is gonna happen. Oh, wow, what do we do? Uh, don't worry about it. I've got this piece ready for you to go. Now, here's, where, here's one reason why I'm sharing this to you today. Um, there's actually a couple of reasons. Number one, it, it's a really cool story and it's a a prime example of how God steps in when it seems like things aren't working right. And so God, uh, God stepped in for us, but I also want to share this with you because we've got some things to pray for. And I'm asking you, here live, and if you're watching, I need you to pray for the following things. First of all, uh, we are working with, this, with the city of Emerson, and this has all happened so fast. And that's one thing I know about God. This is, I wasn't planning on saying, mentioning this, but the Lord's just telling me to say this right now. We have to wait on the Lord. In your life, you have to wait on the Lord. It, it, it just gives you faith in him. But when God says a move, often it's pretty quick. You gotta be, you gotta be ready. It's kinda like in the children of Israel when, when they followed uh, the, uh, the fire by night and the cloud by day. Uh, when it was time to move, they had to get up and be ready and move. And that's the same way with us here today. And so things are happening, happening pretty quickly. So here's where I need you to pray. And I, I really, and I'm asking you as your pastor, I can't carry this by myself. So this is the reason why I need you to join with me, because I just, I just can't do this. Um, and the staff can't do this. So this is all new. And so I need you to pray for two things. I need you to pray that uh, everything would go right with this building, it would be able to get the proper permit. And number two, um, we have to renew our conditional use permit for our land. Now I can go into all kinds of details on that, but to spare, you that, spare uh, you that information, here's really the bottom line you could pray. Pray for God's favor on Lake Point Church with the city of Emerson. Now, we love those guys, uh, you know, Mayor Al Pallone and, and the city managers and the councilmen, and I've talked to councilmen uh, this week on the phone and, and others, and uh, planning and zoning commission. You know, we, we just wanna make sure that, that you know, we follow their direction, but at the same time, we wanna make sure that, that we have the Lord's favor. So please, I'm asking you, please pray for the Lord's favor this week. Please pray for the favor of the Lord with the city of Emerson, because God is telling us it's time for you to have a presence in Emerson, and this is the way I'm doing it. 
And so we're just trying to surrender. I know this. God would not give us a building without giving us the opportunity and the location to put it. I know that. And so just pray with me. And, uh, and I, I could, we could really, really use your prayer. Just a favor of the Lord. So I was overwhelmed by the, by the faithfulness of God, by the love of God, um, and, and that's what we're talking about here today. We're going to talk about how love can be overwhelming, and that is one of the things that makes this a love of another kind. And so we're gonna be in, uh, in John, the book of John chapter eight, and I invite you to turn your copy of God's word to John chapter eight. We're, gonna, we're going to read a story that, that you have, most of you, if not all of you, have probably heard before, but there's some things we're gonna pull out of this story uh, that uh, I really believe will speak to you, to where you are, uh, and uh, definitely to where some people in your life are right now. So we're gonna be in Roman, I'm sorry, John chapter eight, starting at verse two. And it says this, at dawn he appeared again, and that's, he's talking about Jesus. He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the art of adultery, in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say that we're using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him? But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with the singer. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote to the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. So, I'm gonna bring out a few points in this message. And, and, and God laid this story on my heart. There's lots of things we can use, lots of stories, lots of passages we can use about a love of another kind. But I, I feel like this story would, would hit home with a lot of you. Now, it doesn't mean that I feel like there's a lot of you who are in an adulterous situation. It just means that we're going to learn some things from the story that you can use in your life and in the life of others where you can live your life with the love of another kind. So the first, the first quality we can see, or the first observation from the story that shows the love of another kind is that love never dishonors. Love never dishonors. There's a strong possibility that Jesus already knew about this adulterous woman. I mean, he was a son of God. But yet, he was not the one who dishonored her in front of the crowd. I mean, we can almost visualize the priests and the teachers of the, of the law bursting into the bedroom door, throwing back the curtains and, and pulling the covers of this woman caught in the very act of adultery. Of course, they don't even mention the man. Let's just focus on the woman. So scarcely, she scarcely had any time to, to cover herself up when they pulled her out the doors, down the narrow streets, people peering in through, through cracked doors and, and through windows, merchants on the streets, and, and, and women pulling children out as they're uh, calling out, making everybody move, and they know exactly where they're going, they know exactly where Jesus is, and they're bringing this woman to right in the middle of a Sunday school class, throwing her down on the ground and then making her stand up in front of everybody and then declaring this woman what she's done. The, uh, the, this act of dishonor to the woman, to this woman, is, it, 
I believe infuriated Jesus. I believe this made him mad. And here's the reason why I think that. Because Jesus was silent. He didn't say a word. It's kind of a reminder of, remember, I mean, later on in John and the, the Gospels, Jesus would get smacked in the face by Roman soldiers. And they would say, prophesy who hit you. And yet, he was silent. He didn't want to say a word. But you can just imagine the holy, righteous anger that was in him. But yet at the same time, the love that he showed by the restraint. You and I both know he could have said, could have done lots of things to shut them up and to end this. But he did not. He was silent. And so this, this really just crawled under his skin. He could have spoken a few words to dismantle this whole thing, but he didn't. You know, when, uh, when you and I are caught in an act of sin, when you and I realize the sin in our life, Jesus is not there. God is not there to dishonor you. The, the, any kind of feelings that you're getting that is, that is con convicting, you know, the conviction of sin is one thing. We'll talk about this later, and, and, but it's not condemnation. The conviction of sin is one thing, and yes, there is conviction that leads to confession and repentance, but Jesus is not there. God is not there to dishonor you because of what you've done. And as you and I, as we talk to people and meet with people and, and people in our life that maybe, maybe they're, they're in a lifestyle of sin, our goal is not to dishonor them. And that's, that's what I believe Jesus is, Jesus is upset about. But love doesn't dishonor. It never dishonors. Second quality that I see is that love is never selfish. It meets you right where you are. Jesus descended, as we see in the story, he descended lower than anyone else, beneath the priest, beneath the people, even beneath the woman. He stooped down and wrote in the dirt. He could, have, he could have preached a sermon. He could have taken control of that whole situation. He could have preached a sermon straight to them that would, have bring, that would have bring attention to him, but he did not want to bring attention to him. He wanted to bring attention to love. He wanted to bring attention to love, what he was trying to show. And he was trying to, to show that he's got He's got the ability to shower the situation with love. He wanted to make it all about love. So instead, he stooped in humility, lower than anyone else, to write something in the dirt. I, I just, I wonder, I wonder, as he was stooping down, writing something in the dirt, I wonder if he was, he was drawn back to the beginning of creation because Jesus is a part of their with, uh, creation with this heavenly father and how he remembered that he stooped down to earth and took some of that dirt and actually formed mankind from his hand. And I wonder if he was reminded, you know, earthly humans will do earthly things. Earthly humans will do earthly things. You know, the next time you realize that there's sin in your life? Jesus understands that you are an earthly human and you're going to do earthly things. Now his will is for you to walk in freedom from sin and to, get, to give your life for him, uh, to him and to, and to live for him and to have a relationship with him. Yes, he desires that. But he also understands with this grace and his love that 
earthly humans are going to do earthly things. God never makes it about himself. He never does. Love is never selfish. And that's the same way you and I should approach people. We should not make it about ourselves. We should not make ourselves the victim of what somebody else has done. Maybe they've wronged you. We should not make it uh, about us. We should make it about love, just to offer that love. So a love of another kind is a love that never dishonors and is never selfish. A third thing we see in this passage, and I've got five of them, so number three is simple. Love always protects. It always protects. This, this lynch mob of teachers and priests, Pharisees, they became impatient with the silence of Jesus. He stooped down, wrote something, and they kept, they kept asking, and they were growing impatient. So what did Jesus do? He stood back up. I can just imagine squared his shoulders, standing tall, and he finally spoke to them. But what Jesus shows is his protection as he stood in between them and this woman, as he stood in place of this woman. He's like, you, you, you don't need to stand here and take this from these accusers. And later on, we'll, we'll see how, how Jesus does acknowledge the sin. But he wanted to stand in her place. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. You're not getting to her without coming through me. Love of another kind is a love that protects. He, he wanted to display the authority and to establish a new law, the law of love. This is what he was doing. And through his protection, standing in place of her, he was able to look at the accusers and say, you've gotta go through me. You know, the, this happens in our life as well. There may be several of you here today or watching online where you feel like you've got accusers happening in your life. You've got people, you've got voices saying all kinds of different things. You have an accuser, can't sleep at night because you have an accuser. Can't focus, you have an accuser. Now the Holy Spirit will bring conviction which leads to re repentance and, and, and confession, but Satan's condemnation leads you only regret. His purpose, the great accuser, his goal is to make you live a life of regret. And that is not God's plan for your life. Conviction is different from condemnation. Jesus even said, neither I condemn you. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 17. And so, we've got to understand who the accuser is and to know this, that, that Jesus is standing in between you and your accusers. Because let me tell you something about your accuser. The voices inside your head, whatever they are trying to tell you, or maybe people in your life, your great accuser, he longs to march you through the city streets, just like this woman, and drag your name through the mud. This accuser, he pushes you into the center of the crowd and megaphones your sin. This person was caught in the act of immorality, stupidity, dishonesty, irresponsibility, whatever it is that you have done, your accuser wants to always remind you of this time and time again. And that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you're hearing those, those voices, it may be because you haven't asked for forgiveness of those sins. Because the Holy Spirit will take that 
and we'll help you deal with those voices. We'll help you deal with those things. But you've got to understand, Jesus is the one, just like in this woman, he will stand in your place. He will stand between you and your accuser. He's proven this, even in this story. Jesus has acted on your behalf, and your accuser will not have the last word. Jesus said, hey, you without sin, go ahead. Go ahead, cast the first stone. You who are without sin, cast the first stone. I can imagine the rocks, the stones that they had was about this size. Yeah, go ahead. Of course, that that shut them up real fast, didn't it? Your accuser will not have the last word. Your savior will have the last word if you let him, if you allow him to step in in between you and your accuser. You know there are people in your life who are fighting, they're fighting voices in their head. They are fighting voices in their head. You and I have the answer. You and I can help them, can pray for them. They're fighting words, they're fighting voices like you're not wanted, you're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're overweight. Whatever those voices are, they're telling, they're telling them time and time again, you are not worthy because of this. And that accuser is just pointing a finger. You and I have the ability through Christ to give them new life. And to, show, and to show them, point them the way. Jesus is the one who gives that life, but we know, who, we know where the source of life comes from, and we could point people to that. That is our great mission at Lake Point Church. We point people to God through relationship with Jesus Christ, his church, and his world. All we have to do is point people to Jesus, to that new life, and to help them to understand that there is someone willing to stand in their place to stand against the accusers. But we can do that much easier when we have experienced a love that always protects. If you allow Jesus, the Savior, to protect you, to stand in the gap, you trust in him, then when you have experienced that, then you can show others. Don't, don't you, we don't know what happened to this woman after this scene. We don't hear about her. But can you imagine how, what she spoke to others? Man, this, this teacher, this prophet, this man, he stood and protected me. He stood in my place and fought against the accusers just with a sentence out of his mouth. Come, I'm gonna show you this man. I want, to, I want you to meet him. There's so much, there's so much in happen that, that's not even in here. There's so much in, that's why we're gonna have an eternity to, to fill in the gaps, to fill in the gaps between these stories. I want to find that woman and say, what, what happened next? Who did you share Jesus to? You know, when you and I have the experience of being protected by Jesus, from our accusers, then you and I can help people who are facing similar accusers. So a love of another kind, never dishonors, never selfish, always protects. Number four, he keeps no record of wrong. Keeps no record of wrong. Did you notice something about this story? How Jesus never brought to light the sins of those with stones in their hands, with rocks in their hands. Man, he could have, he could have fired off all kinds of accusations. Okay, let me start with you, old man over here. Let me start with you, young, young teacher, priest, 
whatever you want to call yourself, let me just share with you what's in your heart. He didn't. He he doesn't keep a record of wrong. Jesus didn't start by pointing out the sins of the teachers. Instead, he simply said, all right, anyone without sin can cast the first stone. He's, he's keeping no records of wrong. When, when you and I confess our sin, when we confess our sin to, to, to Jesus, and, and let me tell you something. Confessing sin is something that should be done very often in your life. I would even say every day. Now, choosing to live for Jesus is a one-time decision. Jesus, I, I need you in my life. I need a savior. I'm gonna choose you, I'm gonna live for you. That is a one-time decision. But a daily decision is taking up your cross and following him, which means you are confessing, you're repenting of your sin, you're walking away from that. Yes, you're gonna fall down, you're gonna trip up, absolutely. But you are going to, you are going to confess that sin. And the Bible says, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, and he will remove the sin as far as the east is from the west. He keeps no record of your wrong. You could try to remind God, but God, remember what, what I did a month ago? I, I, I don't really have any record of that. You must have confessed that sin. Only God has the power to do that to not remember your sin, to remove it as far as the east is from the west. So he keeps no record of wrong. If you want to show a love of another kind, you also need to keep no record of wrong of those who accuse you or even mistreat you. Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) That's a tough one. Oh, but Frank, I could just look back and this person has said this and this and typed this about me and done all this stuff and it's just right here, it's right here. I mean, social media never forgets. But can you? Can you forget? Can you forgive and forget and keep no record of wrong? That is a love of another kind. I have a, uh, my doctor in town, he's, a, he's a, an amazing, God-fearing man. He has actually, at four in the morning, has, has called me <laughs> with a word from the Lord, has typed a text to me early in the morning, and I, I really believe he prays for his patients by name. I mean, that's, that's, that's great to have a doctor like that. Um, he has told me that he believes that one of the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why uh, most of his patients have the problems that they do is because of unforgiveness. When you hold unforgiveness in your life, in your heart, it's gonna eat away at your life like a cancer. It is. You need to do whatever you can to offer forgiveness. Oh, but Frank, you don't know what they've done. You're right, I don't. God does, and God can help you. God can help you. I would encourage you, if you've got to forgive someone, I, I, I can almost guarantee you, whether here live or, or watching, watching live or watching later, there are people Part of this, you're experiencing this moment right now. There are people who are holding on to unforgiveness and grudges. We've got to keep no record of wrong. If we're going to love with the love of another kind, just like Jesus loved us, then we, we can't keep a record of wrong. We've got to drop some stones. We've got to drop some stones and let them go. So love of another kind never dishonors, never is selfish, always protects, keeps no record of wrong. And finally, 
It rejoices with the truth. It rejoices with the truth. Uh, we see that kind of love when Jesus said, go now to the woman, go now and leave your life of sin. A love of another kind rejoices with the truth. Jesus didn't ignore the fact that, that this woman had sinned, whether once or, or multiple times. He didn't ignore that. He did not say, just go on, you know, go bathe yourself and just, you know, just get yourself right. He said, go, leave your life of sin. You see, by stating the truth of her sin, this woman now knows where to begin. By stating the truth of her sin, this woman now knows where to begin. She is able to call it out for what it is. True love is in love with the truth. True love is in love with truth. You can't be free from something you don't know is binding you. You can't be free from something you don't know is binding you. You have to acknowledge for what it is. What, what is binding you? What is the sin that has shackled you? You've gotta start there, and you've gotta start with the truth. A love wants us, this love of another kind wants us to live free so Jesus is telling us the same thing. Look, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Now, go live a life of sin. Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry for doing these things, saying these things, believing these things. I'm sorry for this. It's okay. I accept it. I forgive you. I, I'm not here to condemn you. Now go live, go leave your life of sin, which is repentance. Walk away from that. Other direction. Come on, I'll help you. We're gonna, we're gonna do this together. The, uh, within a few minutes, everything, everybody was gone Within a few minutes, the, uh, the only thing that was left was a circle of rocks. A circle of rocks. And then Jesus and this woman. Love is all about the truth. And the truth is, you and I, we have sin in our life. We've got to confess it. But maybe it's difficult for you to confess that sin because you think that Jesus is the one holding the rock. In this story, Jesus never touched a rock. He didn't. He's not the one holding the rock. He's not. Now, you might be holding a rock. Get ready to stone yourself or there's, there's people in your life, there's an accuser, get ready to hold a rock. Get ready, getting ready to stone you. And maybe they're just stoning you day after day after day, reminding you of things you've done, reminding you of your past. Can I tell you something? You need to let that rock go. You need to release the rock. You do. You need to release a rock that is, that is, that is pointed your direction or maybe direction of somebody else. But know this. These rocks, they can fall. And these rocks are not here to hurt you anymore. These rocks are here, they're the only thing left. A sign that your accuser has left. You're not surrounded anymore. You're not. 
you're not surrounded by your accusers. Invite Jesus. Invite Jesus to be there, to stand in the gap, to protect you because the love of another kind will never dishonor you. A love of another kind will never be selfish, will always protect, will keep no record of wrong, and will always rejoice with the truth, no matter how much it hurts, but will help you. We see these same words <laughs> that, that, that Jesus displayed in this act. We see these same words in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I know that you have, uh, you have heard the, this passage, I'm sure, but in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you could turn there if you want, and I'm gonna close with this passage right here. But this right here, it says this, and, and uh, starting verse four, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but what rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. It never fails. You, me, we all need a love that doesn't dishonor. We all need a love that protects. We all need this kind of love, this, this, this love of a different kind, this, this love that is not an earthly love. It's a heavenly love. It's a, it's a love from above. And so will you accept that love today? Will you accept that love today? When you and I are able to accept that love today, then that gives us an opportunity to show the love because you, we can't show love unless we experience this love. So do you feel like you're surrounded by accusers with rocks just getting ready to throw it your direction? You feel like you've been pulled out of that situation and, and brought to be judged by others, Jesus is there. Are you tired of being bombarded with the, with the accusers? Just know this, Jesus wants to protect you. Jesus wants to be there for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you could please. I do want to make sure you have an opportunity to Accept this love. If you're here now or watching live or watching later, it doesn't matter. This moment is special. This moment is intimate. And maybe you're in that person like, like the woman who was caught. You know, we, we all have sin in our life. And maybe you're surrounded and you need a savior to come in, to speak words that will release the rocks in your life. You could do that now by simply saying, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I confess my sin to you. I need your forgiveness. Please help me to trust in you. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. And bring your power to release the rocks in my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd love to know about it. You can send me a, a personal email, just pastor at lakepointonline.com. I'd, I'd love to get you started on, on a new life. But but I, we're going to have the band. The band's going to sing a song. It's simply called, Here's My Heart, Lord. Here is my heart. Your heart full of love. you got to give your heart to love for love to come in. Love's not going to bust down doors. <laughs> love's not going to do that. But love's going to be there when you surrender your heart to him. So in this moment, I want you to be in an attitude of prayer. 
whether you're watching online or here today, we're, we're going to stand in just a moment. We're gonna, um, I'm going to ask you to sing along. I'm going to be down here in front. You just need somebody to pray with. I'm here for you. Or if God has laid someone in your life and they are bound by chains and they are bound uh, by accusers and they are surrounded by people with rocks, you want to stand in the gap for them. Come up. You can pray by yourself, pray with others. I'm going to be here. Let's bring this to the Lord. All right? Let's stand. Let's pray. Let's sing together.